Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> Welcome to the struggle zone. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbit hole happy hour where um, we are struggling a lot. <laughs> Every week it seems something happens, but today was extra special. <laughs> I got a new mic for Christmas. Yay, um, so we were going to use two mics and we were trying to figure it out. And then Mallory's mic died. It, it's dead. I don't know how to turn it on. So now we're using my mic and it's working for now. Yeah. So uh, how was your holiday season? It was fine. Went to my mom's house and it was good. <laughs> it was uneventful. That's good. Which is the way... I wanted it to go. <laughs> I feel like mine was the exact opposite. I mean, it was good, but it was yeah. very eventful. We had family in town from out of the country and with COVID and everything. The COVID test, getting the COVID test to go back. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Did you know that you could get an inconclusive COVID test? I figured it was possible because I know there's other tests that can be inconclusive, but... Apparently, CVS can give you an expired test... Why? Yeah, the vial was expired for my sister-in-law, and so the day before she was heading back, her test came back inconclusive, and then there was no test, like no, nowhere she could get a test oh in time. God. So she had to spend like a billion dollars at the airport, and it was like this whole ordeal. I felt so bad. That but, yeah. sucks. That really sucks. Yeah. So traveling during COVID is no joke. But yeah, it was a great time we had a good time <laughs> well good i'm glad i also went to i went to my mom's and then i went to brent's uh, my boyfriend's family's house after that which was a little more eventful but still good <laughs> yes we hope you all had a very merry christmas or whatever you celebrate happy new year um, and we are back with episode five it's my turn tonight baby mm-hmm. i can't wait for what you got for me so are you a tlc fan like the network tlc well it's mostly 90 day fiance that i yes. watch <laughs> that's my favorite one 90 day fiance the other day I watched like my thousand pound sister or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> TLC literally just creates shows that are banking off people's misery. Exploitation. Yes, exactly. It's all exploitation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched 19 Kids and Counting? I have seen that or like one of the previous versions of the show, like before they had 19 Kids. It was like 16 Kids and I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. But. Um, I've seen a few episodes here and there and because my mom would watch it. Oh my gosh. So she was a fan of the Duggars. I don't know if she was a fan. She just watched the show. (laughs) So after obliterating my browser history with the Gwen Shamblin (laughs) research, I was constantly recommended videos on the Duggars and I was like, what the hell? Like why? I vaguely knew a little bit about one of the Duggar spawn being a creep, but I didn't really know any of the details, Mm -hmm. so I caved in, and I clicked on a video, and oh my fucking god. (laughs) I can't wait. I honestly wish I hadn't, because, you know, I just thought it was going to be, I'd watch a video, like, oh, this guy did this, whatever, and I'd move on, and I didn't think I'd be talking about it today, but here we are, and uh, since I had to suffer through all of this, (laughs) I'm going to bring y'all down this rabbit hole with me. Here we go. Which leads me to our drink tonight. Oh, yeah. The Mind Eraser. 
You guys, it's so good. <laughs> this is my favorite drink I've ever had, I think. So it's um, two shots vodka, or not two shots, two ounces vodka. <laughs> two ounces vodka, two ounces coffee liqueur. Liqueur. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then um, sparkling water. So it basically just tastes like iced coffee or something. Yeah, it does. I was wary about the sparkling water. Yeah, that was going to be weird. But I th- yeah, I thought it was going to be weird too, but it's delicious. I want to drink it for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Go to work drunk. <laughs> so I picked this drink. <laughs> Sorry. What's wrong? Well, it just made me laugh. <laughs> I picked this drink because of its name, the Mind Eraser, because we're all going to need some brain bleach after this one. What happens if you drink the blame, the, <laughs> the brain bleach while you're listening to something you need to bleach? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. What? I think it's already working. It's working. It's taken effect. God. So tonight, I will be talking about the Duggars. More specifically, Josh Duggar, who is currently in the news for possession of child sexual abuse materials, a.k.a. child porn, which are two words that should never be used in the same sentence ever. Correct. So while I was researching Josh and his family, I discovered some pretty effed up shit. And I'm going to go ahead and give you guys content warning. This episode will contain mention of religious abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse... And a shit ton of confusing acronyms, which seems to be a classic go-to for cults and corporate culture alike. I'll give another warning when some ultra-sensitive topics come up. So just get ready for that. And uh, here we go. I'm ready. So while I was reading up on the Duggars, I quickly learned that the family is involved in a fundy Christian movement called the Institute in Basic Life Principles, or the IBLP. Have you ever oh, heard of this? No. It's like a mouthful. Everything they, these people come up with is a mouthful, and it never feels like I'm saying the right thing. Okay, so the Institute and in Basic Life Principles. It's a movement. It's extremely popular within the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church, or oh. the IFB. So this is like an offshoot of Everything is an that? offshoot. This, <laughs> so guys, this is going to be extremely confusing. Everything is an offshoot of a thing. So we have, uh, I guess it's a denomination called the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and the IBLP is a movement within it that okay. a lot of them practice. They do a lot of seminars, and they run a homeschooling program. But the IFB is not to be confused with your run-of-the-mill Baptists, and I'll get into all of this um, in a second, but I'm going to kick things off by talking about the Duggars. Okay. So the Duggars are best known as the ultra-conservative, extra-large family that starred in the TLC reality show called 19 Kids and Counting. It premiered on September 29th, 2008, but they starred in several TLC documentaries about their family beginning in 2004. 2004? Yep. Dang. So when I was graduating high school. 100 kids ago. It first started out as like 16 kids or 17 kids. I can't remember, but... Oh my God. It gradually grew but the show focuses on their life as devout independent baptists and frequently discusses their values of purity modesty and their faith in god the parents jim bob and michelle are most famous for their philosophy on having as many children as god allows and do not practice any form of birth control 
In fact, birth control is considered a sin in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Jim Bob and Michelle were married on July 21st, 1984, just after Michelle's high school graduation. She was 17 and Jim Bob was 19. Neither attended college. Together, they first launched a used car business and a towing business. The Duggars initially chose to wait before having children and used birth control pills in the early years of their marriage. <gasps> oh, God. I can't believe it. I don't think they were as religious as they are now back then. Mm-hmm. Um, their eldest child, Joshua, was born in 1988. After his birth, they resumed using oral contraceptives, but conceived again despite this precaution. Oh, However, Michelle miscarried early on in her pregnancy. After consulting a doctor, the Duggars were told that birth control can in some cases allow conception, but can cause miscarriage. As a result, they decided to stop using birth control and allow God to determine the number of children they would have. I mean, I don't know if that's accurate or not. If I was wondering, I was going to ask, is that true i don't know i don't think it is like once you conceive you conceive i don't think the birth control I don't has know. anything to do with it because right? it's not a high dose of um yeah hormone that you're getting like you would a morning after pill but if right. you've conceived already like then it's conceived so i'm not sure i'm not a doctor but sounds to me like might maybe might they need BS. to find a new, maybe <laughs> they need to find a new doctor yeah as usual we have our presentations out and i just pulled it up to slide two which is a yearbook (laughs) a yearbook of children (laughs) which took me so long oh my god it looks so nice (laughs) yes so we have michelle and jim and all of their kids all of which their names start with the letter j so we have josh duggar Jana duggar john david duggar jill jessa ginger joseph josiah joanna jedediah jeremiah jason duggar james justin jackson johanna jennifer Jordan Grace, Josie, and then they adopted. Um... Oh, wait, I, was like, I, was like, I was following you across yes. the screen. I was like, wait, who and the fuck Tyler. is that? And then they um, they had adopted Tyler, who was, I believe, a great nephew of Michelle's. Um, they took him into custody. Oh, okay. So, yes, that's what we're looking at right now. So, Michelle soon became pregnant again, this time with her first set of twins, Jana and John David. Michelle gave birth 17 times over a period of 21 and a half years, approximately one birth every 15 months. How does your uterus... 15 months? <laughs> How does your uterus do it that many times it's probably without being not, blown out? <laughs> it's probably not the best. You can't even imagine. I've had one child and I, I don't understand. She must be... I feel like she must be addicted to being pregnant or something. Like, yeah, I mean, I I don't don't get it. I don't get it. How do you successfully conceive within that time frame, too? Because people have trouble getting pregnant for like, they must just have like the perfect fertility combination. She's definitely a fertile myrtle and Jim Bob's got some (laughs) hardcore swimmers up in there. Um, I can't believe we had two sets of twins. He must have a lot of testosterone because a lot of his kids are have receding hairlines, and he wears a hairpiece. So when you have lots of testosterone, I I think that causes you to lose your hair. Oh my gosh! All of his boys do have receding hairlines, most of them anyway. The couple has a total of twenty children, nineteen birthed from Michelle, and one great nephew that the couple took into custody. Dear Tyler. So when I was doing my research, something called the Quiverful Movement kept coming up. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. 
I think I told you. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, that's probably <laughs> where I heard of it. <laughs> the quiverful movement is basically the belief that you should refrain from using contraception and let God determine the amount of children you have. And the more, the better. The womb is seen as a weapon against Satan. What? They believe you are quite literally building an army to defeat Satan. Oh my God. Or the liberals. Either. Oh, one. sure. <laughs> but <Okay>. seriously, <laughs> the goal is to create an army for Christ. To take over the world and spread the good news. Oh man. So there's a Bible verse that supports this. Um, it's called Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. I'm going to read it to you. Thank you. Now I'm having flashbacks of trauma low children are an heritage of the lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward the fruit of the womb as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth happy is the man that has his quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate wow so that's where the name comes from quiver as in like a quiver full of bows arrows Oh, yeah. <laughs> Arrows. So, so they're their little weapons. Yeah, they're their little weapons to fight against their Satan ammunition. and liberals and take over the world so everyone can be... You know, you know, I don't recall hearing anything about the liberals in that Bible verse. <laughs> well, I... Liberals equal Satan, so, yeah. Yes. The Duggars have stated that they are not associated with the Quiverful movement. However, in an article formally published on their website titled, Why Have Such a Large Family, the Duggars <laughs> reference the Bible verse I just read, from which the Quiverful Movement name comes. Also in 2001, Jim, Bob, and Michelle were interviewed for an article published on a Quiverful-affiliated website. And they also are the epitome of the definition and pop up if you even search the term. So, uh, I mean, they literally are. They they're are. the stars. But yes, Quiverful is no- another offshoot, like a, another God, side they need culture. To but let me paint a picture of what life is like raised in a quiverful family. Mm. I do. I remember seeing like on the show their house and like how it's like a cattle call. Oh yeah. Like every, they have millions of everything and the kitchen is like commercial kitchen. Oh yeah. So that's <laughs> later on oh, okay. when they actually, when TLC like got them yeah. fixed up. Yeah. But before that it was, I mean, imagine this. You, a quiverful family has anywhere from six to 12 kids. Duggars have 20. God. Women are not allowed to work and must homeschool the children. So imagine that many kids on one income. It's completely irresponsible in my opinion. Yeah. And in the very beginning of the Duggars, they didn't have such a huge home and, you know, they lived in squalor basically coming from people that knew them back in that time. Mm-hmm. Also, there's no way that the parents can raise their children with that many. So, no, you can't be a like one-on-one parent with that many kids. No way. They don't have their siblings are going to be their parents basically. That's exactly right. So, once a baby is weaned, they are now the responsibility of an older female sibling. Oh. So the Duggars use a buddy system within their family and the eldest daughters literally raise the children while Michelle kept popping them out. God. How resentful would you be as a daughter, not able to have childhood, completely isolated from the real world and in your fundamentalist religion and under the constant control of your parents? And if that wasn't enough, well, 
we can talk about the child rearing that the Duggars and other fannies subscribe to, but I'll get to that later. Jim Bob Duggar is really into politics. He served on the Arkansas House of Representatives from 1999 to 2003 and has run for Senate a few times, but thankfully lost. He later became a real estate agent and investor. So the Duggars' income is derived from rental proceeds of commercial properties and TLC. Mm. The Duggars are independent Baptist Christians and are members of the IBLP, Institute in Basic Life Principles, and they use their homeschooling program called the Advanced Training Institute, or ATI, as you can imagine, <laughs> both of which are run by Christian minister incel extraordinaire Bill Gothard. I'm going to get so deep into all of this, so just hold on tight. Oh my Woo. God, I'm so sorry. Can the Duggars watch TV? No. Can the Duggars search the World Wide Web? Filtered. Can the Duggars wear board shorts? Absolutely not. <laughs> so say no. Board <laughs> shorts. <laughs> Those are like the most conservative shorts ever. They're so no long. Shorts, and... <laughs> no shorts. No. Never. Modesty is preached over acceptance and kindness a hundred times over. Shorts and tank tops are prohibited, and women mm. cannot wear skirts that go above the knee or pants. They avoid beaches and public swimming areas because it's just too hard for the guys to keep their eyes averted in those situations. Oh my God. And it is the woman or girl's responsibility to cover that shit up so a man doesn't have lustful thoughts or get a boner. (laughs) It's sad. It's really sad. I'm laughing, but it's really sad. (laughs) No, it really is so sad. It really is so sad. And I've read so many accounts from victims. Um, They're all over Reddit. Oh yeah, there are like so many, so many, and it takes a lot of deprogramming counseling. To I get, bet. Yeah, that is intense. Yeah. Oh my god, I got goosebumps. Ugh. It's bad. So female family members keep their hair long with soft curls, somewhat teased, kind of <laughs> like a Bon Jovi look, because that is literally what incel minister Bill Gothard likes. Really, that's the reason. Yeah, he loves a he loves a good perm. What the hell? So. <laughs> I mean, these are the most recent pictures of the Duggars, but if you go back, you'll see they have kind of like a Michelle look. Yes. Like a teased bang and a perm. I'm very familiar with her hairstyle of choice. Yes. The daughters had that earlier on. Uh, The Duggars and their religion, they practice chaperoned courtship, where the couple get to know one one another in a group setting. So... (laughs) That would be a nightmare. Yeah. Duggars are not allowed to date. So they sh- they uh, do a chaperone courtship, and it's called dating with a purpose. So they cannot begin a courtship without parental permission. And before a courtship officially begins, an interested man must speak to the woman's father. Also, the father has the final call on who his daughter can marry. I can't. I would run away. The series concluded on May 19th, 2015... When In Touch magazine <laughs> published a police report from 2006 stating that in 2002 to 2003, Josh Duggar, then 14 to 15 years old, sexually molested five girls, <gasps> including four of his sisters, on multiple occasions while they were asleep and on a few occasions while they were awake. Oh my God. So I didn't know. I knew that. I thought he had done something to his siblings, but I didn't know there was another one too. That was not one of his siblings. Yeah. It was a babysitter. I don't really know the full story. So this happened when he was, um, like around 14, 15 in early two thousands, but it didn't 
come out to the public until 2015 in an in touch article and that's why the show they kept um, that shit under wraps yeah it actually happened literally right before the show started right before their first documentary so did they well this might be getting ahead of you but did they know about it when it happened yes shit dude yes and i will definitely get into that okay these events occurred prior to the beginning of the TLC series. The case was never fully investigated and the statute of limitations had expired. <clears throat> statute of limitations should not... Oh, it's a whole rant, but that's such mm-hmm. bullshit. On May 22nd, 2015, TLC removed all reruns of the show that were previously set to air with the statement, We are deeply saddened and troubled by this heartbreaking situation and our thoughts and prayers are with the family and victims at this difficult time. But that didn't stop them from from doing spinoff shows. They oh. did they did spinoff shows, I don't even know the names, with some of the daughters. Some of the kids? Yes. Wow. In 2004 and 2006, the first four TV specials featuring the Duggar family were released on TLC. In December 2006... The family was scheduled to appear on the Oprah Winfrey show. Hitting it big. Yeah, that's a big time right there. At this time, an anonymous source emailed Winfrey's Harpo Studios and called the Arkansas Child Abuse Hotline to reveal Duggar's past sexual misconduct. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I have to applaud Oprah Winfrey's producers because they immediately alerted the Department of Human Services and canceled the Duggar family's appearance on the show. Oh, wow. Which I never thought they would ever take something like that, like, seriously. Like, with just like one one person calling in about it. But they did. Um, As a result of these reports, an investigation by the Springdale, Arkansas police was launched. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't either. On May twenty first, twenty fifteen, Magazine In Touch Weekly had made the police report of Josh's sexual misconduct public, publishing an article stating that Jim Bob Duggar had told the Arkansas State Police that Josh Duggar molested five underage girls. Jim Bob Duggar reported he had learned in March 2002 that Josh had touched the breast and genital region of his sisters on multiple occasions while they were sleeping. So, how do you find that out? His were... son told him. Josh oh, told him. Oh, really? Yeah. He, Damn. he confessed to him. Jim Bob and Michelle stated they were made aware of the incidents when he confessed and also stated that at that time, the girls were unaware of the, abu- of the abuse that had occurred. Jim Bob said that Josh was disciplined at home. Uh-huh. 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 In March 2003, Duggar's parents learned of additional incidents and victims including the touching of, of a babysitter, reaching under the dress of a younger sister who was in his lap, and cornering a sister in the laundry room to reach under her clothing. Oh, my God. The Duggars had also been told the abuse included a much younger sister. Oh, who, no. Who, according to the Duggars, didn't understand that she had been improperly touched. So Ugh. that doesn't really matter. I mean, it, it's good that she doesn't understand that, but, like, the problem is your son is a pedophile yeah it, and you need 100%. to freaking call the police or he's the oldest and he was a teenager so the i mean still that's like i mean every sibling that he did that to was younger than him yep at least get him therapy or something yeah don't just take care of the punishment at home well this is how they handled it at oh, this God. time duggar's father brought the issue to the elders of the church 
Jim Bob informed police that he had enrolled Josh in a program consisting of counseling and physical labor after consulting with his church's leadership. Counseling is not the right term because they are not, what is it, authorized or like... They're, they're, they're not, probably like pastors they're not instead of like... Counselors or therapists or yes. psychiatrists or psychologists. They're, they, right. they have no business counseling someone right. like this. Yep. Michelle Duggar stated he was sent away from home for a period of three months to work for a family friend who was remodeling a building. Big deal. So what was that going to do? I, I heard um, a guy who actually knew Josh Duggar knew where he went and basically he was just like digging ditches. They shaved his head. They like wouldn't speak to him the entire time. They treated him like a prisoner, which okay, but like yeah. that's not going to fix anything. No. It's not. Later reports suggest that Josh Duggar may have been sent to a facility in Little Rock, Arkansas, owned by the Institute and Basic Life Principles, a Christian ministry and training program founded by our boy, Bill Gothard. (laughs) Not my boy. (laughs) Why do I always say that? Not my boy. (laughs) Um, He was a Duggar family friend, by the way. Ah. It has not been established that the Institute and Basic Life Principles Center in Little Rock was open for counseling during this time. When Josh Duggar returned home in July 2003, his father took him to meet Joseph Truman Hutchins, an Arkansas state trooper and family acquaintance. According to Josh and his parents, the meeting was the first time any law enforcement authority was made aware of the sexual abuse. According to Jim Bob, Josh admitted to Hutchins that he had committed molestation and apologized. Speaking via a lawyer, Hutchins disputed part of the account, saying he was only told a single act of incestuous molestation and that he would have responded differently if he had known of additional instances and victims. In an interview following this statement, Jim Bob Duggar claimed Hutchins was told the entire story. Hutchins did not take any official action, but reportedly gave Josh a stern talk. Oh, good. Arkansas law states that law enforcement officers, as mandated reporters, are required to alert the Arkansas Child Abuse Hotline when learning of sexual abuse. Duh! Yeah. Hutchins was later arrested and convicted on unrelated charges of child pornography. Oh my god, dude! So he was like, it's okay, you're like me. We'll just get through this together. (laughs) Yes. So what he, the fuck? he was later arrested and convicted on unrelated charges of child pornography and is serving a 56 year prison sentence. What an ass. 56 good, years. Good. I'm glad he has 56 years. Yeah, good. Though Josh Duggar's misconduct was largely unknown to the public before 2015, a blogger writing in 2007 and identified only as Alice referred to the canceled Oprah Winfrey show appearance and stated that the show staffers had been told he was a child molester. What? The allegation circulated online for years, but was not publicly corroborated until the In Touch Weekly article revealed the police report. Wow. So In Touch magazine reported in June um, of 2015, another police report they'd obtained that said Josh had confessed to his father on three separate occasions to committing molestation. He had admitted it, involved a much younger sister and seven incidents. The article also noted that the family waited at least 16 months before reporting the abuse to authorities. Oh my God. Did, okay. This involves, he's your child, but it, the other kids are your children too. Yeah. They're not. I don't get it. In this, in this, uh, I guess philosophy, women are nothing. And 
<sighs> I mean, I'll get I'll get real deep into this, but um, it is sad. Like those daughters must have so much anger. I can ima- I mean, I can't imagine, but yeah, I bet so many instances of it. Yeah. Like, oh my god, PTSD. So three months after the In Touch article was published, Josh Duggar was in the spotlight again. This time, do this time for being a patron of the adulterous dating site Ashley Madison. Oh, I remember when that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Following the online posting of information from the Ashley Madison data breach, which included records of credit card transactions under his name, Duggar and his parents released a statement on the family website in which he admitted to watching pornography on the internet. And being unfaithful to his wife. Josh, we do not give a shit if you're watching porn. Yeah. And we also, I mean, so I guess we should kind of care that he's unfaithful unfaithful to his wife because he was in a position of like, I forget the name, like Family Leadership Council or something like that. Oh, really? Like with Marco Rubio. Oh. Um, like telling people how to live their lives and be a faithful husband and all that shit. Yeah. And meanwhile, God. he's wanking it online and paying people to cheat on his wife yeah what do you remember exactly what the ashley madison i remember when that happened what was it so it's like a ashley madison is a website where people sign up they're married and it's so they can hook up with other married people to have an affair okay i couldn't remember exactly yeah i remember okay so god According to the material obtained in the data breach, Duggar's credit card was used to pay $986.76 for two Ashley Madison subscriptions starting in February 2013, which were canceled in May 2015, shortly after the molestation allegations surfaced. (laughs) So Josh, you are such a little pervert. You went through and probably cleaned house after everything came out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh shit, I've been found out. So he made a statement following this incident saying, I have been the biggest hypocrite ever. While espousing faith and family values, I have secretly over the last several years been viewing pornography on the internet and this became a secret addiction and I became unfaithful to my wife. The last few years, while publicly stating I was fighting against immorality in our country, I was hiding my own personal failures. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish I was surprised. Yeah, that's my reaction. Not surprised. On August 25th, 20, well, first I just want to say, I feel like anyone who is so passionate about like putting their family values and beliefs on other people, they are compensating for something. They are doing something yeah. extracurricular. Yeah. Or, you know, like yeah. it's always like that, I feel. Well, that's like when, yeah, because... Because <laughs> if like you're doing like, the right thing, just live your life. Yeah, exactly. That's like when people say, you know, if some guy is like staunchly homophobic. Yeah. It's because they have like Secretly secret there. desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On August 25th, 2015, Duggar checked himself into a rehabilitation facility. <laughs> That his family described as a long-term treatment center. Hey, kitty cat. I'm sorry. She's yelling. Aww. Mary, you're fine. 
Beery. The facility was later confirmed in media reports as Reformers Unanimous, which describes itself as a learning atmosphere where the addicted can be discipled in an environment that is much like a greenhouse. Hmm. Sounds weird. Sounds... <laughs> I don't <Unique>. understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Obviously didn't work. Because in November 2015, pornographic actress Danica Dillon filed suit against Duggar, claiming Duggar had assaulted her to the point of causing her physical and emotional injuries during an episode of consensual sex at a Philadelphia strip club earlier what in the year. What the fuck? According to Dylan, the incident occurred after she had provided $600 worth of lap dances to Duggar. Dylan was seeking 500000 in damages from him. In February 2016, Dylan chose to drop the lawsuit after evidence came to light showing that Duggar was not in Philadelphia at the time of the alleged assault. Oh, what? I mean, I don't know. Weird. But worth noting, within two months of leaving rehab in May 2016, Josh had opened a used car lot. Unfortunately, the car lot was not without its problems. In May 2017, there was an incident involving stolen cars and guns being purchased. What? It's an insane story. What? It's an insane no. story for another day. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we have a lot to cover. I can't go into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds crazy, though. <clears throat> then in September 2018, the Washington County Fire Marshal issued a final 90-day notice for the car lot to comply with city ordin- ordinances before being shut down. Then... In November 2019, the offices were raided by Homeland Security. What? This incident was widely publicized, and there were rumors flying all around the internet that the car lot was involved in um, some sort of money-moving scandal. Oh. Not so. The raid was part of an initiative launched by the U.S. Department of Justice to protect children from sexual abuse and exploitation. What? His car lot? Yeah. Oh, my God. When the feds approached Josh to investigate, he waived his Miranda rights and agreed to talk to the agents without an attorney present. The interview took place in the agent's van. He's a dumbass for doing that, by the way. Mr. Duggar turned in his chair facing me and asked, Is this about someone downloading child pornography? Faulkner testified, which is the detective. What? He just asked that unprompted? Yeah. Dude, you're so stupid. Are you so... You're so stupid. (laughs) What? (laughs) I cannot believe that. Why would you do that? Oh my God. What an idiot. No. What an idiot. (laughs) Way to go. So that was in November 2019. Moving forward to April 29th, 2021... U.S. Marshals arrested Duggar on federal charges of receiving and possessing child pornography. Prosecutors alleged that Duggar obtained the images in May 2019, and it was acknowledged that a federal investigation by the Office of the U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Arkansas had been previously recommended after Duggar's used car dealership, Wholesale Motors, was searched by U.S. Homeland Security agents in November 2019. The federal grand jury's indictment accuses Duggar of having knowingly received pornographic images of children who were under 12 years old. Following his arrest, Duggar was booked into the Washington County Jail 
on April 30th, 2021, Duggar pleaded not guilty to one count each of charges of receiving and possessing child pornography with his attorneys indicating that he would fight back in the courtroom against the charges. What, is he going to represent himself? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if he'd do any better than his lawyers he had. Oh, no. (laughs) U.S. Chief Magistrate Judge Aaron L. Weedman said that if Duggar were to be awarded bail, which he was, Mm -hmm. he would have to be in a residence where there's no minor in the home. Mm. Which... That takes out most of his whole family. Yeah, I was about to say, there's he can't live at home. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, Duggar had six children that were under the age of 11, and his wife, Anna, was pregnant with their seventh child. Wait, he had yeah. that many kids already? Yeah, at this point, yes. Jesus he has Christ. seven kids right now. Oh, my God. He's this, younger than me, and he has seven kids. Uh, well, that's their, that's their life know. philosophy. I know. The seventh child was born in October 2021. Duggar was granted conditional bail at a bond hearing on May 5th, and he was released from jail and transferred into the custody of a third-party custodian. As part of the conditions for his bail, Duggar was permitted to have contact with his children. Why? Why? Um, no, thank but you. only in the presence of his brainwashed wife. He must also wear an ankle monitor have a probation officer's permission to leave the third-party custodian's home and cannot access the internet and cannot oh. be inside a residence where firearms are stored. What? So they I mean, do like periodic checks or something? I don't know. Like, how, do they, how do they enforce that? I feel like everyone he knows, this is like the opposite of what their home would be. Yeah. Um, Josh made bail and was allowed to stay with family friends to await trial. I'll get back to Josh and the result of the trial at the end of this, but I'd like to take you on a deep dive of the way he was raised. I'll be talking about the church the family is a part of, the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church. I'll talk about the Institute of Basic Life Principles, their homeschooling methods, and their pervy ways. Then I'll get back to the perv of the year, Josh Duggar. So buckle up. We are entering cult territory. Woo! Cult territory. All right, so now I'm going to be talking about the Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church. The IFB is a Christian congregation that holds fundamentalist Baptist beliefs. The term independent refers to the refusal to join any affiliated Baptist denomination or structure due to the concern of advancements in modernism and liberalism. Oh. We're anti-modern. We're anti-liberal. So the independent Baptists believe in a strict separation from the world and any church not associated with them. They refer to Ephesians 5.11, quote, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. They use that as a proof text for not associating with churches outside of the IFB movement. Mm. Independent Baptists interpret scripture literally. They do claim to interpret based on the historical grammatical context, but if a literal interpretation makes good sense then that is the understanding they take away from the scripture. Oh, sure. It's fine. (laughs) Either way. They are conservative in their dress. Most women still dress in below-the-knee length skirts, and the men wear collar shirts. They do not wear any flashy clothes, and they tend to keep their social interaction within the IFB. Traditionally, they only sing hymns in their churches and reject the use of drums and recording music. Most IFB churches use only the King James Version of the Bible. 
I didn't tell you this until now because I wanted to save it for the podcast. <laughs> but my grandmother at Christmas, remember I was going to ask her about, what is it, Bill Gothard? Yeah, Bill Gothard. I asked her about it, but my aunt was sitting at the table too. She They came over for Christmas Eve dinner and they were like, yeah, your cousins are independent Baptists. I guess it's fundamentalist Baptist. I'm not sure. And I was like, yeah. are you serious? And they were like, yeah, because I had remembered that we went to their church one time and it was really weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, there were no instruments. There were no, they like, it was just him. Maybe there were instruments. I can't remember, but it was very fire and brimstone. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And it was like, everybody was from another era. It was so weird. Oh my God. It was so bizarre. And I had like locked that memory away and I could not, I didn't remember it until then. And Ashley. Oh my God. Um, but they, they don't, my cousins now, they don't really follow that dress code or anything now. I, I don't know that they necessarily now that they're adults follow that anymore, Mm -hmm. but when they were growing up, I guess oh my they did, goodness. and I had no clue. So was it their parents that made them do that? Yeah. Oh, wow. It makes a whole lot of sense because my aunt's hair for a very long time was like that. Oh, no. But it was shorter, and then she would always wear, like, really long jean skirts and, like... Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the look. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just can't believe I've never put it together. Well, I mean, they exist everywhere. Yeah. I'll be talking about one in particular, the, like, the main headquarters. Not headquarters, but, like, the the big boy. Hmm. So, the IFB was known for soul winning. It's when church members evangelize. Is that how you say it? Evangelize. evangelize yeah. In one-on-one, door-to-door interactions with the goal of bringing in new members to the church and getting them saved. Hey, I've done that before. Oh, no. You've gone door-to-door? Yes. Oh, my God. I have. And it was the worst experience of my life. Did you... Um, I was in middle school or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. What church were you a part of? It was just a Southern Baptist church. Oh. But they are evangelical, too. Yeah. So we had to do it, like our youth group, we had to go into this neighborhood and go door to door and knock on people. You had to? Yeah. That's scary. They made us. I know. It's dangerous. (laughs) I bet people are so mean, too. I don't remember a single person being happy that I was there. Mm-mm. People don't like you And I never initiated, I mean, I tried to initiate a conversation and it was not going to happen. I mean, it's stupid. Nobody's going to sit there and waste their time yeah. talking to, especially a kid. What are you thinking? Well, they make the kids do it and they have like a little notebook where they write down the people's names and like they <sighs> keep track of all the souls they've saved and stuff. And it's, people actually suffer from, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression from not being able to get enough names because it, they have a lot of pressure put on them. Yeah, that makes sense. I only had to do it that one time, but it was, that was enough, man. Ugh. So soul winning, it's a central tenet to the IFB doctrine, often placed on the same foundational level as their belief in the use of the King James Bible or in salvation through faith alone. So soul winning is their bread and butter. Mm. Another form of soul winning made popular at the famous First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, 
was to have buses drive into low-income neighborhoods to collect kids to bring to the church for Sunday service. Some of the parents used it as a free daycare service and just, like, let the kids go. Yeah. But others were horrified at the way the children were urged onto the bus with promises of ice cream, toys, pet goldfish, and sometimes, you know, these people would just chase them down and force them to go. That's crazy. Let's talk about the most prominent IFB minister, Jack Hiles, of First Baptist Church in Hammond, Indiana. He looks creepy. Sorry, but yeah, he's creepy. (laughs) Well, he's not a good guy. Okay. (laughs) Hiles was born and raised in Texas, went to Baptist College, and became a pastor at Miller Road Baptist Church. Hiles' preaching style was the angry fire and brimstone type that Mm -hmm. people apparently love. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't like being yelled at. No. I don't don't like loud sounds. I don't either. And I don't understand why anyone wants to be made to feel bad all the time. Yeah. That's something I had to get over for a long time. Because even though I went to Southern Baptist, they, it kind of bleeds over a little bit. And there were fire and brimstone pastors that would make you feel... I, I'm i sorry, I'm going on a tangent here for a second. No, no, but no, go. There, I remember going to a youth conference thing. And there was this one guy that his whole sermon was telling a story of somebody that was in the hospital and was dying and basically had this really dramatic reenactment of him screaming and saying that like demons were trying to grab him and like all this stuff and somehow That's horrifying he came back or they i don't know but that was the only part that i was like oh my god and he, i'm sure he literally was screaming and acting. Uh, yeah it was i remember a lot of body movement and yelling and yeah it, oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah did they ever have snakes no i never oh was anywhere i've been to churches where they spoke in tongues <sighs> but no snakes ever that is just spooky to me yep all right He used his temper as a form of control, and he eventually abandoned the church's Southern Baptist theology, saying it was too liberal. He began calling himself an independent Baptist and distanced himself from any theology he didn't find fit his narrative, which left him unaccountable to any ruling body or person beyond himself. The approach resonated deeply with rural Texans, longing for a return to the old days where people were burned on stakes for their sins. (laughs) God, those good old days. That's, that's what I want. I want that. I miss it I miss, so much. I miss those good old days. Within a couple of years, his flock had swelled to 4,000, earning Hiles Damn. a far-reaching reputation. Hiles moved on from Texas to First Baptist Church in Hammond, Indiana. He promptly ditched the church's denominational affiliation with the mainstream Baptist beliefs and introduced his authoritarian hellfire and damnation theology he was made famous for in Texas. Mm. Hiles created an endless list of rules, most of which applied to and controlled women and children. You know what I see when I look at this man's face is deep-seated anger. Yeah. I, those types of preachers that are like yelling and 
and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just feel like they need to go to anger management. <laughs> For sure. Um, he does have a history of, well, he grew up poor and his father was an alcoholic. And he brings that up a lot in his sermons. I don't remember if it's IBLP or IFB. God, so many acronyms. Oh <laughs> but one of them believes that um, sin is transferred genetically. So maybe... Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what fucking bullshit, So dude. maybe he is just like making that come to fruition from his belief. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So he's just an angry bitch. Yeah. That is, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Sorry. (laughs) There's more to come. (laughs) He translated the Bible literally, and his interpretation was the only accepted message for the church. According to his reading, men ruled absolutely. The belief was that women needed to be in complete and total submission to their husbands and to male leadership. That is also something that bleeds into Southern Baptist as well. There's like a chapter in Proverbs. I think I think it's ch- Proverbs 23. Wow, I can remember this. Um, the whole goal, they would have like whole seminars and stuff for women to teach them how to be a Proverbs 23 woman. And mm. it's basically be submissive, be, you know. Gross. Yeah. I can't remember the whole thing, but... <laughs> The belief was that women needed to be in complete and total submission to their husbands and to male leadership. So that was a quote from a former member who requested that she not be named. Um, She left the church in 2010 after her husband, a prominent member of the congregation, was caught having sexual relationships with underage girls, which Mm. is a common theme in this episode. Yeah. Oh, God. Deal. I highlighted this part. (laughs) This is a doozy one. If a man did stumble, in quotes, by, say, having an affair or visiting prostitutes or abusing Mm. children. Stumble. The question wasn't how he could have, but rather what the woman or the child did (gasps) to drive him to such sin. Mm -mm. Hell no. Sorry. Quote, they have a system where abusers and pedophiles can flourish because you can't challenge the men. You have to submit 100% of the time. And whenever anything goes wrong in a marriage, it's because the woman didn't do enough. That is crazy. At this point, Jack Hiles had gained complete control of his members' lives. Members claim they welcomed the control because they believed Hiles was divinely inspired. Like Gwen Chamblin in episode two, Hiles' followers would go to him with every decision seeking his direction. Several former church members say that people wouldn't marry without his blessing. Oh my God. Hiles soon took it upon himself to arrange marriages. Okay. He is just independent fundamentalist Baptist. He's not that offshoot. Right. Right. That's crazy. I thought for a second, I was like, this has got to be some super niche thing. But no, it's, I mean. Well, no, the offshoot is literally just like an institute for like education purposes and like seminars and stuff. Okay. It's so confusing. Yeah. Everything is a million words. Everything is an acronym. It's like Mm -hmm. so confusing. Scientology was like that too. It's like there's a term for every fucking thing. I noticed a lot of similarity with Scientology with this. His will was God's will, and when Jack Hiles told you something was God's will, you accepted it happily. So he's basically got like a prophet. Yeah, yeah. He's the um, mouthpiece for God. This reminds me of, it's a 
fundamentalist offshoot of the Mormon church, fundamentalist Latter-day Saints or something, church of Latter-day Saints or something like that. The Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yeah, but it's their fundamentalist offshoot that does like polygamy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, That guy that was a prophet. Oh, wait, the one that molested everyone. Yes. Yes, what's his name? Um, There's a documentary about it. Jeff? Jeff Bezos. No. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Let's look it up. Jeff. Starts with a W, I think. Jeff Bezos. (laughs) (laughs) Put F-L-D-S. Jeff Warren. Jeff Warren. Warren Jeffs. Yes. Warren, Warren Jeffs. Jeffs. <laughs> God dang it. Yeah. Bing, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Bing, bong. Yeah. Oh, my God. It does. It's so much like that. Oh, that was crazy, that doc- documentary. Yeah. Prophets Pray. If anybody hasn't seen oh. it, watch it. Also, it's really disturbing. So, also, oh, my God. But I need to get off this, like, religious kick because i'm i love it. goddamn tired of it oh my god i love it because i have like some sort of tangential like experience with it and... i feel like my whole family is just like shut up <laughs> <laughs> stop talking about this i like it okay one area in which hiles a father of four exerted particular control was child rearing in this his views were severe and merciless Using biblical passages as justification, Hiles preached that spanking was more than tolerable. It was a sacred duty. Uh-huh. In his 1979 book, How to Rear Infants, he wrote, The parent who spanks his child keeps him from going to hell. What? Spanking, quote, should be deliberate and last at least 10 or 15 minutes. <gasps> The blows should be painful and should last until the child is crying. Not tears of anger, but tears of broken will. Oh my God. God, I want to cry. Anger management. Anger management. should leave stripes if need be. (gasps) The age at which such punishment should begin? Infancy. No. Infants don't know what they're doing wrong. No. They're not even doing anything wrong because they don't know. They're just... Reacting but on instinct. Mallory, you have to break their will at the youngest age possible so you can mind control mm. them to be... Don't abuse your children, please. So that leads me to this. Oh, my. The book, To Train Up a Child. Another praised work of literature by sadistic fundies was a book called To Train Up a Child by Debbie and Michael Pearl, who I have pictured here. Mallory, do you want to describe what this couple looks like? <laughs> well, this looks like what a couple you would find just north of where we live. <laughs> when you get into the mountains of Appalachia. They look like if you were to shake a a pill box, they would come a running. Yes, they do. It's um a man and a woman. Man has a very disgusting long beard and mustache growing into his mouth. <laughs> And which is yellowed probably yeah. by a by a pipe of some kind pipe or tobacco chew or whatever what is it called chewing know. tobacco is that even allowed oh my god um and then the lady she looks better than he does she looks like she could just be a teacher or something but yeah. are they a couple yeah she looks like she's like 30 years younger than him he just looks like he's dead already that's <laughs> 
I think, the problem here. So this book, it's still used today and can be found on Amazon, despite its extremely dangerous propaganda that has led to the deaths of young children at the hands of their parents. Oh my god. It's referenced widely in the IFB, IPLB, and across many Christian denominations. I wonder if you know, like, your relatives have this, because it's very popular. I was um, given a Dr. James Dobson book as a kid, and I feel like that's kind of who my parents would follow. Mm. It's like the guy that did, like, Focus on the Family. Mm. I don't even know if you know what that is, but Mm-mm. okay, never mind. <laughs> well, I'm sure other people might. Yeah. The Duggars often make mention of the practices taught in this book. One of note is called blanket training. <gasps> this sounds bad already. Blanket, <laughs> blanket training is where you put your baby who is just starting to crawl on a blanket. You place a toy out of reach and then you coax the child to move off the blanket to grab the toy. When they do, you smack them and you say no. Why? You did this over and over and over until eventually you have broken down the will of the child and they obey your every command. Oh my God. You're literally asking the child, come off the blanket with this, to grab this toy. You're asking them to do something and then you are saying no. I. You're not actually asking, I guess. You're just like tempting them to come Right. As a child will do that. Wouldn't they see that as a sin, though? Like, tempting your child to do something wrong? That's got to be a sin in their eyes. Well, not if Debbie and Michael Pearl tell you it's how to train your child like a dog. All of this makes me so angry. Yeah. I've been reading about this for far too long. (laughs) I'm very angry. (laughs) I am very mad. These... mm. Physical abuse is even appropriate for newborns. The couple says if an oh infant God. bites while breastfeeding, it is appropriate to pull their hair to discipline them. I was born without hair, so. To train up a child in Debbie and Michael Pearl's teachings are linked to the deaths of Sean Paddock, Lydia Schatz, and Hannah Grace Rose Williams. In all three cases, homeschooling parents acted on the Pearl's teachings. Michael Ramsey, the district attorney who prosecuted the Schatz case, called to train up a child an extraordinarily dangerous book for those who take it literally, and truly an evil book. Mm -hmm. Dr. Francis Calmers, the pediatrician who examined Hannah Williams' corpse, said that this book, while perhaps well-intended, could easily be misinterpreted and could lead to what I consider significant abuse. Oh my god. This couple also has a lot of books on... How many kids do they have? I think like three or four or something. And they haven't killed their kids? Um, not yet. I don't think they're having any more at this point, but... <laughs> so I think they're pretty safe, but they yeah. also have a lot of books about like sex life stuff. And Fuck. it's weird. It's very weird. That's, There's oh. a lot of other stuff about them. Yeah. So my sex education from my parents was being handed a book by Dr. James Dobson, who I talked about earlier, and they just were like, read this. Oh, my God. That's it. Well, Nothing else. Do you still have it? I want to read it. Oh, oh, my God. I don't know where it is. You should I buy it. I really wish I could find it. I, it have- I remember only one thing from the book. <laughs> I don't know if I should Did say it. Did it have illustrations? <laughs> say it. I don't, I don't remember illustrations, no. 
I remember. <laughs> oh my god. It said <laughs> that you and this was a book from what I'm remembering was intended for the parents because oh no. It said how to talk to your children about it? Well, yeah, and how how to tell if your child's doing something wrong because it said you can tell if your child has masturbated by I'm dying. Seeing if, I mean, if they are acting a certain way or if their face was white. What? Yeah. I remember that specifically for face some reason. Is Your white? face is white. Oh my God. Like, yeah. I, I, oh my God. That's the only thing I remember from that book. That I doesn't, that's not even like real. Oh my God. But I just, I always, I think about that from time to time. It's just wild. <laughs> oh my God. Jack Hiles. Mm-hmm. His reputation came under fire in May 1989. We cannot handle this picture. <laughs> it's a picture of Jack Hiles and his wife, Beverly. Yeah. But... They had a book called Marriage is a oh, Commitment. It's a book cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why. I but... thought it was just a graphic. Oh, that like... makes it better, Mallory. <laughs> it doesn't make it better, but I just thought it was a funny, like, not funny, but not intentionally funny. It looks like awkwardfamilyphotos.com. It does. Exactly. So Jack Hiles, his reputation came under fire in 1989. A publication called The Biblical Evangelist, devoted to historic evangelical fundamentalism, published a series of articles accusing Hiles of a years-long romantic affair with his secretary, Jenny Nishik. I think that's how you say it, Nishik. She was a wife of a church deacon and good friend of Hiles, Victor Nishik. The articles also alleged financial misconduct, accusing Hiles of using church money to lavish tens of thousands of dollars worth of gifts on Jenny, including a car, clothes, and home remodeling. Most of the congregation rallied behind Hiles, but Voyle Glover, an attorney and longtime church member, was not among the defenders. Glover wrote and released a book called Fundamental Seduction, The Jack Hiles Case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The 1990 book details the affair and many other misdeeds, including a Watergate-like cover-up of sexual abuse at First Baptist. Oh, man. The wrath of Hiles and his supporters again rained down. Quote, I was called the Antichrist, and worse, Glover says. I was threatened with physical harm, death threats. His office was broken into, excrement was left on his doorstep. (gasps) Damn. Some of the abuse that Glover described in his book, as many others would later allege, was perpetrated by Hiles' son, David. Wait till you hear about this guy. He looks, I don't know. He looks something. We'll go with that, something. In the early 1980s, David Hiles, then in his 20s, was the youth pastor at First Baptist It was found that David had groomed the 14-year-old daughter of a high-level administrator at Hiles Anderson College and raped her at age 15. No! Hiles Anderson College is the college that Jack Hiles had opened, Baptist Christian College. Um, So the rape was covered up by the leadership at the college under his father Jack Hiles' leadership. To avoid any further drama... Hiles arranged for his son to take over as pastor at his old church, Miller Road Baptist in Texas. So rather, you know, fire him and leave him to his own devices. He 
assigns him another church to molest. Very cool. Very Responsible. effective strategy. Nice. <laughs> Great job. The new pastor was soon kicked out after allegations that he had more than a dozen affairs with church women, many of them married. Jesus. This guy. This guy. No, I just, I would not allow it. <laughs> He's, I don't want anything to do with that. No. His wife, Paula, divorced him. He returned to the Chicago area to Boilingbrook, or Boilingbrook, and moved in with Brenda Stevens and her infant son, Brent. Brenda was one of the women he was found to be having an affair with. Months later, Brent was charged with physically abusing 12-month-old Brent. Oh, no! I have a picture up of the adorable baby oh. boy, Brent Stevens, and his legs are in, in little traction. Cast. Yeah, they're... Oh, my God. David was found... Um, he did that? ...to be abusing 12-month-old Brent. And <sighs> social workers were alarmed for the baby's safety, but for some reason, neither was removed from the situation. So, oh my God. in 1985, Brenda's 15-month-old son, Brent, was found lifeless in his crib. Oh, my God. Oh, the, oh my God. The autopsy revealed trauma and numerous broken bones in various stages of healing. Mm-hmm. The Illinois Department of Children and Family Services investigated, but the cause of death could not be determined because probably Jack Hiles was involved in, like, covering his son's ass yet again. Mm-hmm. At a grand jury inquest, David Hiles exercised his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Brenda Stevens, the mother of Brent, was a no-show, and the case remains unsolved. Paul Ciolino, a former DCF investigator now in a private practice says he is still pursuing leads what do they think happened i well, mean it's obvious but yeah you know, i don't know i don't know like i guess if they can't actually prove it i then... think the autopsy was something was like if you know, there are technicalities and if there are like fractures in various stages of healing that every time to me screams because i see this at work sometimes it screams abuse. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he was abused. Yeah. So I guess they're just, they can't pin the actual cause of death I on. I guess. Yeah. David Hiles was under a microscope again when he was chased from a job running the Sunday school at a church in Pinellas Park, Florida, over allegations of more affairs, but not before a child he fathered with Brenda Stevens died under odd circumstances. Dude. According to news reports, in March 1999, Stevens, by this time Hiles' wife, told police that she mistakenly ran over the five-year-old Jack <gasps> David, who had rolled out the door of her car. Oh my god. She was never charged with a crime, nor was Hiles. Are you serious? How many fucked up things can happen in one family, in one church? And they get away with it all. Uh, yeah. I yeah. cannot believe they didn't get charged. Do you understand why I'm going to throw up every day? <laughs> Wait, what? I've been researching this every day for weeks and weeks during the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm mad. It's this is rough stuff, man. I have a... Uh, this is very nice. A looking. yearbook photo of a bunch of assholes. It's very graphically pleasing, though. You did great. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> I guess we should get into uh, the latest offenders at the IFB. I don't even want to get into this too much, but A.V. Ballinger was a deacon who had spent two decades within the church and a Sunday school teacher found him fondling a seven-year-old girl. Oh my God. Despite two eyewitness accounts, Ballinger denied the charge and was released on bond and returned to the church. At Hiles' prompting, the congregation gave him a standing ovation. Are you kidding me? So at Ballinger's sentencing hearing, delayed three years by appeals, during which time he resumed working in the bus ministry, Two women testified that Ballinger also molested them. He got five years in prison. Five years. Excellent. In 1997, the parents of a mentally disabled 12-year-old sued First Baptist over what they alleged was a months-long pattern of rape and torture of their daughter. They accused Jack Hiles with a systemic culture of cover-up, saying... Hiles Mm -hmm. negligently and carelessly has fostered a system of secrecy in the church, directing that matters of criminal violations not be reported to judicial authority and those who do so will feel his scorn. He demands these allegations be brought to the church itself, meaning himself, Jack Hiles. The case was settled for an undisclosed amount. In 1998... Joseph D. Combs, a former Bible teacher at Hiles Anderson, which is Jack Hiles University, had become a pastor in Tennessee, and his wife, Evangeline, were convicted on multiple charges of aggravated abuse, assault, and kidnapping of their adopted 11-year-old daughter. What? The girl told authorities that her father used biblical references to justify beating, torturing, and sexually abusing her. In 2000, Joseph was sentenced to 114 years in prison. Wow. And his wife, Evangeline, got 65. Wow. And the first guy got five years. Yeah. Unreal. Yet another scandal in 2009, Chester Mulligan, a pastor ordained in Hammond by Jack Hiles, pleaded guilty to felony stalking of a 14-year-old girl while pastor of Central Baptist Church in East Chicago. He was sentenced to a year of probation. That experience what? didn't cause Mulligan to rethink his career choice, though, no, because he is currently the pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Miami. Oh, my God. Uh, and people sit there and listen to him preach. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The title of this video. Should I say it? or You'll get there. You'll okay. Get there. Okay. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I have switched the slide. We're talking about Jack Scop. Here's the story. <laughs> After Jack Hiles' passing in 2001, his son-in-law, Jack Scop, was brought on as his replacement. Sorry, I keep saying his name really weird because it's spelt S-C-H-A-A-P, but it's pronounced Scop. Yeah, I would have thought like weird. Shap. I had to like give myself a little <laughs> note. Shap. So he was brought on as the replacement. Members say he got a hero's welcome. When he walked onto the stage those chap- at those chapel services, you've never seen anything more over-the-top expressive. Thousands waving the Bible in the air, screaming, shouting, whistling. So this guy was real popular. Oh, man. Uh, so in the beginning, Scop's preaching was much like Kyle's, emotional and angry. 
yelling at the congregation for not doing enough to please God. As Scop tightened his grip on the congregation, Linda Ginsaw, a member, says he became more brazen, graphic sexual sermons to the point that I didn't want to take my children. What? Sexual? Tom Brennan, the independent Baptist pastor in Chicago and former First Baptist member, agrees. Quote, he was beyond the bounds of what was appropriate, says Brennan. His preaching had gotten so, I hesitate to use the word pornographic. It was so <sighs> vulgar sometimes that it was just a grief to my spirit. Oh my God. Mallory, I bet you're wondering how a sermon can be pornographic. I can't wait to find out. I need to know. I have a short clip here <laughs> of a famous sermon that Scop was known for. This is the... <laughs> So she went to the slide. It has a, a picture of Jack Scop, and then it has the video. The title is <laughs> Jack Scop Demonstrates How to Polish a Shaft. <laughs> Shall we? Yes, please. I cannot wait. Here we go, folks. In the background of Sosa. Oh, you think I can marry her? God! And the children are all mine! Oh, what my god. So, that was really uncomfortable. And, and that audience was filled with kids and teens. So, just um, to describe what's happening here, you could probably hear what he was saying, but he has a I don't even know what that is. Is it an arrow? It's like an arrow. I think it's like a... Yeah, because there's the bow. And okay. And after he does this, he takes the arrow and he like shoots the arrow <gasps> at a target. And in, like in the audience. All the teenage boys are like, oh my God, awesome. I love Jesus. Whoa. Well, he's got a cloth and he's holding the arrow just straight out of his crotch, basically. And when he picks up his pace and his speaking... He polishes the arrow with his cloth faster, and then he slows down when he gets quieter, and it's so uncomfortable. And the people behind him, their other like pastors or something, they look really uncomfortable. <laughs> so look it up on YouTube if you want to see it. Jack Scop, S C H A A P, demonstrates how to polish a shaft. Oh my god. <laughs> Even though these sermons made people uncomfortable, challenging Scop was not an option. A quote from Busby, a former member, he had absolute power, he could destroy you. Oh no. In fact, he nearly destroyed Busby's marriage. After she and her husband had hit a rocky patch, they turned to Scop for counseling. At first, Busby says, it really seemed like he wanted to help us. But soon, Scop was requesting numerous sessions with Busby alone. Quote, when he would counsel me, she says, he would be asking me these shocking questions about sex. I mean, absolutely, purely shocking. Ugh. I would literally vomit before some of our meetings. It got so bad. Oh, my End God. Uh, that's awful. When you're that nervous. Mm-hmm. When the couple eventually left the church, Scop turned on her. 
Busby says, quote, he got up in front of a staff meeting in front of the whole staff and shared all kinds of confidential stuff that what? never should have been shared. He told people to shun me. Wow. Leaving First Baptist was, in Busby's opinion, like leaving a cult. Quote, I've never been able to say the C word, and anyone from the church who reads this will take great offense, but that's what it was like. Busby is far from the only person to compare First Baptist to a cult. So does every expert and religion blogger tracking the church, and virtually every one of the dozens of victims and former church members, including Linda Murphy, Hyle's daughter. Quote, I believe First Baptist Church gradually evolved into a cult that was in complete idolatry of my father. And after his death, complete idolatry. Is that how you say it? Idolatry, yeah. Of Jack Scop, she says. In 2013, Jack Scop's reign would end. Good. The married father of two who had pastored the 15,000 member church would be convicted of having sex with a 16 year old who he was counseling and transporting her over state lines to do so. He is now serving a 10-year prison sentence with his release date set for February 2023. Wow. Wow. John Wilkerson is now the new pastor of the church. Don't know anything about him. Don't know how that worked out. Do you want to take a quick break? Let's take a quick break. And we're back. Which brings us to the Institute in Basic Life Principles, or IBLP. It was founded by Shit Stain, Bill Gothard, in 1961. Oh, he's so nice looking. IBLP is an independent fundamentalist Baptist religious organization (laughs) that enforces... (laughs) Too many fucking words. I can't take it anymore. (laughs) They enforce strict rules, host seminars, create a homeschool program called the Advanced Training Academy, and until 2014, they were run with one man at the center. He would probably still be running it today had it not been for the dozens and dozens of accusations and lawsuits of him sexually harassing and molesting his young female employees and volunteers. The board of directors of IBLP asked Gothard to step down indefinitely in 2014. Gothard was never charged with a crime due to the statute of limitations. Good old statute limitations. I hate it. It's obvious by the teachings of IBLP that Bill Gothard loved a good list. IBLP teaches seven biblical principles, ten unchangeables, and Gothard enacted 49 character qualities. What is it with lists? I don't even want to get into any of the shit because it doesn't even fucking matter. No. It's just bullshit that every fucking sermon was a list of shit mm-hmm. that I would half-ass write down on my stupid program and then draw bullshit all around it because I wasn't paying attention. Yep. I'll give a brief outline of the main beliefs and teachings of the IBLP. Number one, modesty. IBLP teaches that women must be modest at all times. So they must cover their legs all the way below the knee, their arms to the elbow, the entire chest area, no clingy or sheer fabrics, nothing to draw Mm. attention to your no-no zones. (laughs) (laughs) No music with any sort of repeated beat. A beat means Satan. Why? And most importantly, female submission. Oh, yes. 
the IBLP preaches about something called the umbrella of authority. Yes. Oh, I, I, this I know about. Gwen Shamblin actually preached the same message. Mm-hmm. I re- remember reading about this. It's one. a thing in, in Southern Baptist too. Basically what this means is wives must be totally subservient to their husbands. Likewise, children are taught that they must obey their parents unquestionably, mm-hmm. unquestioningly. I remember when I figured out my parents were actually just regular humans like me. It oh, took yeah. me until I was an adult. Yep. So God is at the top and the husband is just below God. So wives must go to their husbands for counsel to get clear a clear message from God. Gothard encouraged IBLP parents to train their children like dogs. Literally. I'm not even joking. Oh my God. Gothard also encouraged encouraged corporal punishment and apparently even said that beatings should not stop until children learn to accept them silently. IBLP teaches that women and children must always and instantly obey their authority and that they will be punished by Satan if they fail to do so, which many followers have reported keeps women and children in a constant state of fear. Yeah. All marriages must be arranged by the fathers of their respective families and that couples must maintain total sexual sexual chastity before marrying. Often, couples cannot even hold hands until they are engaged. Kissing mm. before marriage is forbidden. No, no. Oh my God. IBLP also teaches that governmental authority is God-given. Does that sound familiar? Trump um, was ordained by God to be president. I feel like I've heard that before, but I don't know how they justify that with Democratic leaders being in the... I've, like, seen, I don't... I've seen like memes of like Trump standing in the Oval Office with Jesus with, the, with his hand <laughs> yeah. on his shoulder. Like, yeah. that is the type of thing. That's some... Yeah. That Trump was brought to us from Lord Jesus. From God. IBLP teaches that couples should have as many children as possible. Um... STIs are punishments for sexual immorality and that birth control is a curse. Ugh. Bill Gothard also promotes home births and seriously questions the wisdom of hospital births. He oh my claims God. hospital births are bad because mostly male medical teams are frequently present. What? Because they can't look at that because it's not their wee They can't look at the, your wee-wee under there where the baby comes out. <laughs> I find everything is over sexualized every yeah they make everything sexual and it's so weird true. it's it so is weird. weird why do they do that it's not necessary to focus on that giving birth is not sexual by any means Mm-mm. in fact it's a bloodbath <laughs> and sometimes you poop <laughs> he insinuates that women are more likely to die while giving birth at the hospital than they are if they labor at home with e- a midwife excuse me no they're not. Mallory says no. I'm so sorry. It's not a thing. <laughs> no, I, I have true. I have proof. <laughs> Mallory's proof that I can't tell you <laughs> details about, but because of HIPAA. Because of HIPAA, but I have yeah, it's not true. Yeah, it's not true, Bill. IBLP teaches that women should continue giving birth to children, even if it might kill them. Additionally, Gothard appears to believe that <laughs> mothers who procure abortions should receive the death penalty. <laughs> penalty. That is insane. 
He also claims that childbirth and pregnancy cure breast cancer. <laughs> what? So if you have breast no. cancer, maybe you should consider being pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll remember that. Oh, my God. IBLP teaches that all parents must homeschool their children under all circumstances. Oh, Bill no. Gothard teaches that formal education is a trap from Satan and that even doctors need not go to medical school. Oh, my God. That's why he created the Advanced Training Institute. <laughs> ATI is the homeschooling offshoot, yet another offshoot of IBLP. Mm. The Institute teaches a rigid hierarchy where God comes first, men come second, women are third, and children are at the very bottom. Husband, wife, and child all have two seminars to attend, the basic seminar and the advanced seminar. Here, kids get to interact in their gender-specific peer groups, freeing them from distractions as boys go through military training and girls learn to sew and sit quietly. Oh, cool. The Duggars have belonged to ATI since 1992. ATI training begins with scripture and combines valuable academic information with character training and biblical life principles, a.k.a. propaganda and indoctrination mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. Exactly. ATI's homeschooling curriculum consists of 54 wisdom booklets, which teach subjects including geography, math, science, law, and government, tying each lesson to Gothard's interpretation of a corresponding biblical passage. But the main lessons taught were to avoid (laughs) eye traps. Eye traps are a place to which a person's eyes are drawn and caught when they look at you. Like boobs? Women have a responsibility to avoid eye traps to not tempt men. In IBLP seminars, girls were taught that boys were almost unable to control their lust. It was our responsibility Mm -hmm. to help them control it by dressing modestly. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't, we just got what we had coming to us. That's what I believed growing up, too. So here we have a few pictures from wisdom booklets. Can you identify the eye traps in these pictures? Yep. Number one, it's a, dr- a dress with lace. Yes. It's the lace is the, the lace, problem. The lace at the top. Number two, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> she it rolled ha- up sleeves? She has a gap here. There's a oh, gap. Oh, okay, okay. So you can see a little gap in between her little buttons here. That's bad. Number three, I don't know. Number three, maybe ankles. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing showing and number four obviously the, the slit. slit in the skirt is horrible i cannot believe you would do that can you pinpoint number five the bow is right over her bosom are you serious iblp and ati encourages their followers to purchase web blockers that block things about evolution anything pro-choice anything feminist lgbt and even blocks the ability to apply for universities what virtually all of iblp's teachings are viewed through the prism of male superiority and female obedience this belief system considers women to primarily exist for the purpose of producing children caring for the men and rearing the children females in the patriarchal movement are discouraged from attaining higher education of any kind and are told that their sole purpose is to marry a man within the movement. Ugh, yeah. Oh, I feel like this is all getting very repetitive. 
IBLP teaches that a woman or girl who is sexually assaulted but does not call out is as guilty as her attacker. They also teach their students that even an infant female's nakedness can cause insatiable desires that will arouse men, even her brothers or father, and that these men will molest her as a result. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. That is the most warped thinking I've ever heard. See what I mean? That is a pedophile writing that. I mean, that's all there is to it. It is, right? Yeah. But, like, you see a pattern here through everything I've said. Like, there's a pattern. Bill Gothard teaches that men and boys cannot change diapers because it will lead to sexual abuse. (laughs) And that mothers are at fault when their infant or toddler daughters are molested because mothers are responsible for ensuring their children dressed modestly. Oh, my God. Fucking despicable. It's awful. So, like, if I ask my husband to change my baby's diaper, he... He just can't control himself because there's a naked baby in front of him. That's the that's bullshit. That's it's not, Bill no. Gothard. You're the one that can't control themselves in front of a naked baby, and you're imposing it upon everybody else. So wrong, man. Yeah. Female toddlers and children are also blamed for their own sexual assaults, which IBLP teaches is a punishment for disobedience or immodesty. In this article... An IBLP survivor named Lynn states that Bill Gothard groomed her as a teenager and discovered that she had been raped as a child. Mm. He informed her that the rape was her fault for dressing immodestly and for failing to cry out against her attacker. So the IBLP has a retreat that kids can Mm. go to called Journey of the Heart. Oh, sounds fun. And it's where kids are sent if they are not... Portraying the ideal picture of a child of faith Ah. of some kind. So it's for young boys and girls basically to be reprogrammed. They are separated. Um, The boys and girls are separated and they must fast for four to five days until delirious. (gasps) They're taught that the world and all other religions are evil And they are conditioned to only follow this particular way of life. Oh my god. Boys then go on to the Alert Academy, which is worse than boot camp in the military. And they're beat down and built back up and indoctrinated, basically. To only believe in IBLP. And then they go back to their churches to spread it to all the other kids. Mm. So, just P.S. here. The Duggars promote and speak at this event. Oh, good. IBLP supporters over the years, many of whom continue to defend it, include high-profile conservative stalwarts such as Sarah Palin, Mike Huckabee, uh, Sonny Perdue, mm. and uh, oh Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby is the Hob killing Lobby. me right now. <laughs> so I just want to say real fast before I continue on to the conclusion of this... I don't know if you're familiar with the bite method to determine what's a cult. Mm. Basically, bite, it's another acronym, God damn it. <laughs> um, behavior control, mm-hmm. B. Information control, I. Thought control, T. And emotional control, E. Check, 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 check. By exerting all four of these types of control, 
a cult can gain full power over a human being and essentially strip them of their free will, which yeah. is exactly what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, oh my God, that's so crazy. So that brings us to today, the Josh Duggar trial. Yes. So knowing what we know about the kind of culture Josh Duggar was raised in and his past behavior, are we really surprised he is continuing the cycle of abuse? No. No, I'm not surprised at all. It just kind of seems like that's what you do. Mm-hmm. But he just got caught. Yeah. We last left Josh awaiting trial, off on bail, and staying with family friends. The trial was scheduled for November 30th, 2021, despite his defense trying to get an extension. In October 2021, Jim Bob did not read the room and announced his candidacy for Arkansas State Senate. Jim Bob, you, you don't run for candidacy for Arkansas State Senate the same time your son is being charged with child no, sexual you abuse you really materials. Don't. Anyway, the same month, Josh's wife, Anna, gave birth to their seventh child. Ugh. Josh Duggar is being accused of downloading and possessing child sexual abuse materials and could be sentenced up to 20 years and pay fines up to 250000 for each count wow. if convicted. He pleaded not guilty. Of course he did. The courts ruled that the past incidents of sexual abuse in Josh's life are relevant to the trial and allowed to be presented in court, which is amazing to me. Because, yeah. I mean, I thought they would just say, Sexual limitations. Right. You know? Yeah. The prosecution gave a detailed timeline that involved texts from Josh pinpointing him at the car lot at the same time materials were being downloaded. As files are being downloaded and viewed, Josh is at his desk. We know that because he takes pictures of his computer and texts saying that he's at work. His cell phone records ping him in that exact location. His selfies on his phone show him in that exact place and time. His text messages align with the timeline of him downloading and viewing this material. His wife, Anna, received a text, quote, stuck at work, and then the materials would still download. He needs to listen to more true crime because he would have known to avoid doing that. (laughs) She would get another text saying, quote, there are still customers here, and another download would start. God. The defense called this case a classic who done it? They literally said that. Are you serious? It's a who done it. They said, if you enjoy a mystery, this is the case for you. Cause How? I really want to know, hey, who was downloading child sexual abuse images on this computer? Who done it? I wanna know. I don't <laughs> ever want to know that. It couldn't have been the guy that previously molested his planes. It couldn't have been that guy with a receding hairline who previously touched his baby sisters. Who done it? Who done it? Couldn't have been him. Oh my god. Unreal. As if we all want to hear about a pervert. No self-awareness whatsoever. The defense claims that the prosecution does not have evidence that the person who downloaded the materials was Josh. 
They also mm-hmm. state that Josh does not have the mental abilities to set up the Linux partition and Tor browser that he used to get the materials. He doesn't have the mental abilities? <laughs> it's like, dude, that hurts, man. That's not, <laughs> nice. That's not nice. Although I would tend to agree with them because he was like, you know, asked the question, is this about somebody downloading child porn when they came to him the first time? Like an idiot. Well, he did have a large interest in computers, and ah, so I he mean, was at least he, savvy. He does have a history with computers. Yeah, he is savvy with them. Truth is, Josh set up that Linux partition to get around an internet filter that he had called Covenant Eyes. What? Have you ever heard that? No. Covenant Eyes is a software which alerts an accountability partner. If he is looking at pornography. Because <gasps> he's addicted to porn. That's crazy. Is it like made by church people? Yeah. I remember, sorry, another sidebar. Um, the church that I went to when I was like in middle school, they sold, it was a huge, like mega church. They sold this like cable box thing that would put a black bar on the bottom of your TV screen if there was going to be like any like sex scenes or whatever so that you couldn't see that inappropriateness. Oh my God. So like the black bar would cover It would like cover half the screen to like try to, it was in late 90s, early 2000s. So did you ever see scrambled porn? Yes. Channel 99, baby! Spice Network, baby! <laughs> I remember when I discovered that, it was like, the hell? I know. I Yeah, I would watch it. <laughs> Mallory! In my parents' bedroom, because I was so curious. I was like, what if these people are naked? And that's the thing with this, I don't know, this whole, like, obsession with sex and, like, banning it and, like, all that. You mm-hmm. don't teach your kids anything about it, so they are, like, forced to seek it out and, like, find it. Yeah! Exactly. That is exactly the problem. Yep. I think we all came across that as we were trying to find Nickelodeon and we're like, why is he a nipple? Yeah. (laughs) Why is there a lady wearing nothing but beads on her body? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Back to being traumatized. Anyways. Detective Calmer was the one who was pinged that CSA was being downloaded from Josh's car lot. Her responsibility is to filter through the material to ensure it is in fact illegal material and then notify the proper authorities. An awful job. Mm-hmm. No kidding. So it was, and she reached out to Detective Faulkner. He was the one that Josh made that famous comment to. They showed these images and videos during the trial I can't even imagine. They had to warn the jury. Prosecutors claimed that the computer was password protected with a password used for his on for it's the same password Josh used for his online baking and his Amazon account. He used that for the um, password for the computer, the password for the Linux partition, etc. Like he, it was all the same password. Yeah, he used it for his family Instagram account. Are you curious what the password is? Yes. Intel 1988. Intel? <laughs> that reminds me of one of my sister's passwords. Really? Logitech. 
Something, what? Something. Logitech. Yeah. Sorry, Ebs. Detectives share Josh's, Josh's reaction as he is interrogated at the car lot. Has someone been downloading child pornography? Faulkner said downloads from a specific file were made, which were in the top five, the worst of the worst that he's ever had to examine. Are you serious? Top five of someone that does that job regularly? Yeah. Shit. I don't want to have my voice recorded saying what this is because it's so wrong. But I will just tell you that the age of the individual being filmed is extremely young. The content, while it does include sexual content, it's more along the lines of a torture film. (gasps) And it is a film that is infamous on the internet. Oh, I think I've heard a Sword and Scale episode about this. Really? Or something. I think I know what you're talking about. Maybe. I don't know. People thought it didn't exist because it sounds so terrible, and it it is real. Um, Oh my god. And that is what Josh Duggar sought out at his car lot. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't even give a trigger warning. I think you approached it well enough. So the person that produced this video is now serving a life sentence in the oh, Philippines. Good. Thank God. Yeah. I don't I... even want to say his name because fuck him. Yeah. I hope that kind of like sets the tone for the seriousness of this crime and how important it is that Josh Duggar be found guilty. Mm-hmm. And on December 3rd, An official from the Department of Justice testified that Duggar's computer had been partitioned into two sections, one for business, the other for apparently storing illegal images. On December 6th, a family friend, Jim Holt, testified that Josh Duggar had asked him how to create a Linux partition on a computer in 2010. On December 9th, 2021... A jury found Duggar guilty of receiving and possessing child sexual abuse materials, and he faces up to 20 years in federal prison and a fine of up to $250,000 for each count. He should be given his sentence. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, maybe like three months or so. So we should have a case update then. So you must be wondering... Josh is married. He has seven kids. Yeah. What is his wife thinking? (laughs) Josh told his wife, Anna, that a co-worker was responsible for the images, and she still believes that and defends him. She still defends him to this day, even though his family has completely cut him off. Are you serious? She, well, she grew up in IBLB. Yeah, so she's... IBLP. She is completely indoctrinated. Indoctrinated to that umbrella thing where she's still... Completely. But that does not give her a free pass. She has seven children she needs to protect. Anna has cut ties with the rest of the Duggar family, claiming that they are responsible for Josh being framed for some reason. She also believes that Josh is being set up by the Biden administration and that if oh my Trump God. was still in office, this would not be happening. Anna, honey. <laughs> That's delusion. so sad. It's so sad. Can you imagine? Like, she dealt with the Ashley Madison. She dealt with... She must have yeah. known about the um, molestation before she got married. 
She must have known. They knew for yeah. If they if the family knew for that long, like, she I had mean, to have known. There's no way she didn't. And now she's dealing with this. I have a statistic here: seventy six percent of people that download this type of content are also offending. Really? And he already I had has. No clue. I mean, he already that makes has sense, with but... his own sisters. So he doesn't have any problem being incestuous. Wow. Guys, that's all I have for my story here. That was so good. Um, Josh Duggar will be sentenced to um, whatever he gets in prison, whatever we'll find out soon, but he's guilty. I just want to shout out some resources for anyone going through any type of religious abuse or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, recoveringgrace.org was a good resource, and I found netgrace.org as well. My sources, oh my God, I've been looking at this for so long. My sources are never ending and there's no way I can name them all, but um, I have a few noted here. Um, There's a few amazing podcasts, Leaving Eden podcast. It's about a woman named Sadie Carpenter. She was a part of the independent fundamentalist Baptist cult and uh, she actually went to um, Hiles Anderson College and like she was fully in in she um but her eyes were opened after the jack scop arrest and she Mm. managed to remove herself from that so did her family thankfully um her and her co-host gavielle hakoen talk in depth about the ifb and the duggar trial so i would totally recommend them they are very very sensitive and sadie has in-depth knowledge so another one I found was called Some Place Underneath, and that's underneath, like U-N-D-E-R space N-E-I-T-H. Um, Natalie Jean and Amber Nelson give deep dives on cases of missing women, but they had like a million episodes about the IBLP and Bill Gothard. Um, there's another podcast called I Pray You Put This Journal Away, and I found this because this person posted on the Duggar Snark uh, subreddit, which is another source I had. And they um, knew Josh personally and wrote a journal when they were growing up in this movement. And uh, it's pretty crazy. Wow. And also, he's super sensitive, amazing guy. There's a YouTube channel. This is the video that kept getting recommended to me. Fundy Fridays. <laughs> it's a girl oh, named. I think you told me about this. Yeah. Uh, a girl named Jen. She does her makeup and talks about different aspects of fundamentalism, and um, she has a ton of videos about the Duggars, about IBLP, IFB, anything you could ever want to know. And then there's a million trillion articles. Oh my god, <laughs> the list is long. Chicago Mag, Daily Mail. There's a million Chicago Mag articles. Gawker, Recovering Grace, found a lot of stuff. I tried to write a good bit of this, but a lot, some of it I did copy and paste. So I just wanted to make that known. I did not write every single sentence in this whole podcast. So yeah, this is the case of Josh Duggar and the cult that created him. Or <sighs> cults, plural. I don't even know what to call this because there's so many things, yeah. you know? I oh my god I love that so much that, that was so good I just because <laughs> I have like some sort of knowledge of the insanity that happens within these sort of organizations I don't know my upbringing was obviously not 
that extreme. But yeah. wow. We're on Instagram at Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. Um, we're also on Twitter at Rabbit Hole HH Pod. Yeah. And we have a TikTok. We're about to post our, well, it'll be already be out by the time we do this. I think I did that same thing last time. Um, we're at Rabbit Hole Happy Hour. And then please email us if you have suggestions for new stories or rabbit holes to go down because we will need new suggestions. Um, and we always love really interesting stories. <laughs> so email us at rabbitholehappyhour at gmail.com. Please, oh, Spotify has a rating system now. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and rate us, please. We'd love it if you did. Apple yeah. Podcasts, of course, also please leave us a rating. Um, if you enjoyed it, don't fucking rate us if you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> if you didn't enjoy it, just, 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 you can send us an email and give us some feedback. Yeah, feedback is welcome. We love feedback. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, we really do, and I think next time we're going to try and uh, not do extra long episodes. Cause this that was the really point exhausting. of like doing one story per episode is that we would cut the fucking time, and we still haven't managed to do it. <laughs> I Dude. don't get it. Anyways, we should wrap. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So, happy, happy New Year. New Year, babies. Hope you're having... Oh, oh my god. god. Shut it. Screaming and He's being so leave. loud. Shut up. <laughs> he's not. He's got headphones on. What a mean on. man. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.